Welcome to the Streamline Performance Podcast, where our mission is to provide you, the everyday athlete, with the knowledge, insight, and tools to stay active, improve performance, and avoid injury along the way. We believe that an active life is a life worth living, and if you're here, you likely do too. If you're ready to learn from the best doctors, coaches, athletes, and other leading experts in the ever-changing world of health and wellness, you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining the Streamline Performance Physical Therapy Podcast. I have a special guest with me today. It's uh, my jiu-jitsu professor, um, Ryan Wood. He's been a big teacher, big influence for me with my jiu-jitsu journey, um, and he's the lead lead uh, professor at Crazy Baja Arcadia, and that's in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, thank you, Ryan, for joining. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we uh, we had a hard training session this morning. It's always the best way to start your day. Now we're energized, ready to get off. But um, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of your journey into jiu-jitsu because I know I started later in life. I was probably about 28 when I started, um, and you've been going for a while. So uh, why don't you talk us, tell us a little bit about um, when you first started training and kind of what got you into jiu-jitsu? Yeah, so I started when I was about 10 years old. I think it was the end of 2009. Um and I guess like the biggest reason I, I loved the UFC fights when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I would um, always get like T-shirts and things like that. And um, in the area where I grew up in Illinois, it, uh, you know, it got some attention and people would like to uh, pick on me or do things to kind of see if I could really fight, I guess. So didn't end up that well. My parents ended up uh, putting me in jujitsu and my stepdad at the time, he was already a blue belt. So um, I had a little bit idea of an idea of what jiu-jitsu was, but, um, you know, and on top of that, I wasn't huge into like, um, you know, fall sports, baseball, soccer, any of that. So um, it really fit well with me. And, um, you know, I started back in the day um, under Professor Marcos Bajos. He's my first professor uh, back in Springfield, Illinois. And, um, you know, what a huge mentor for me. He gave me um, so much um, trust and um, gave me a ton of opportunity to, um, you know, take the lead in the school in certain spots and gave me a lot of, of trust as far as being able to lead classes and, um, you know, run, run things even if he wasn't there and uh, was always in my ear telling me, you know, this can be something you do. If this is something that interests you, you can be a jujitsu instructor, you can have your own school. And uh, I really bought into it. So um, when I was young, I was really involved in the school. And of course, like as I became a teenager, made some bad mistakes, um, kind of took some time away from jujitsu, you know, not really knowing what I was wanting to do after high school and, um, you know, ended up coming back to it. You know, I tried to look around and uh, I I realized that I either was going to have to work in a job I didn't like go into the military or figure out a way to make jujitsu work. And I was living with my grandparents at the time. So they gave me like this ultimatum, Hey Ryan, you know, you're either going to figure this out in six to eight months, or we're going to have to go with plan B. So um, I had a great conversation with my professor from then or back then. And then he uh, referred me to professor Flavio, who I had met a few times in seminars when I was a kid, but um, it was never like an official relationship that we had. So um, I sent him some emails that I was interested in coming out here. I saw when I turned 16, there was Grace Baja Scottsdale opened up out here. So um, it was always in the back of my head. And um, 
you know, more and more schools started to open up out here. So I thought, great, this is an awesome opportunity for me. If, uh, if, if, if this works out, this would be, you know, huge. So email Flavio, I, uh, you know, end up hearing back later on that week that there's a position for an assistant instructor at Gracie Baja Phoenix at the time. Um, so I took it and I worked with, uh, at the time was coach, but now professor Michael Cashman, professor Marillo Neto, um, and it was a great experience. Um, again, I learned more about the Gracie Baja method, how the schools are supposed to be ran as far as like all the expectations, man. I mean, the uniform, the cleanliness of the school, the, um, the etiquette that we have, the, the way we talk to each student, and, you know, understanding that it's not just jujitsu, but the relationship that we build. So that was like the beginning of me moving out here in 2018, man. And, um, you know, from then on out, it was just kind of like a roller coaster. You know, people were coming and going. Um, I was getting like moved around as far as who I was the assistant under. And um, eventually when I was a brown belt, Professor Flavio asked me to kind of take the lead at the, at the Grace Baja Phoenix, which was transitioning to Grace Baja Arcadia. So um, I believe that was 2020. That was around the time where COVID was really blowing up. So that was a huge challenge. Um, I was really honored to be able to step up, but pretty scared at the same time. I had a great um, professor here to help me, Professor May Preston. You guys all, or you know her, um, but um, she was a huge help. You know, a lot of business management before, a lot of experience that she had to help me kind of, um, I don't know, understand some things I wouldn't see otherwise. So um, she was a huge part in helping me build the school up. And, um, you know, through all of this, from when I moved here in 2018, I've just had a continuous relationship with um, my partners, Professor Flavio and Professor Dave. You know, I always considered moving out here was like my alternative to going to college. And, um, you know, I, I, I learned so much from those guys. I continue to learn so much from those guys as far as like how we can continue to evolve as, you know, um, not just only our, our brand, but our jujitsu, you know, the school overall. Um, and, and it's a great team out here man it's so much different than anything i've seen before because of how everyone holds each other accountable it's not like a competitive nature but it's more of like a it's an honor to be a part of the school so making sure that you carry your weight and that you um live up to that expectation and give that great experience to your students i mean that's um there's no excuse to not do that so um those guys really helped us learn a lot um and you know it's a it's a huge area for Gracie Baja, I think, in the southwest. Um, there's so many schools. I mean, you know, Ryan here in Phoenix, I think there's maybe like 10 or more now. And um, it gets a lot of attention from Gracie Baja worldwide. I mean, you see it in the instructor certification program that we renew every year. You see it um, in the advertisements that Gracie Baja puts out. I mean, a lot of that stuff comes from here and all the schools see it. So um, it's it's very influential and it's something great to be a part of. Um, Master Carlos Gracie Jr. has been out here um, a few times and trained like on the mats here. And, um, you know, just to say how close we are to the source is really is really something special. And, um, you know, as far as my journey goes after being here and, uh, you know, running the school for about a year or so, I um, received my black belt at um, the Gracie Baja World Summit for Master Carlos Gracie Jr. along with Professor Marcos and Professor Flavio. Um, and that was huge, man. It was a big full circle moment. It really kind of showed me that the goals that you set when you're a kid aren't just something silly all the time. It's something that actually you can 
accomplish as long as you surround yourself with the right people that, uh, you know, believe you're going to have um, a chance in accomplishing it and, you know, want to be a part of that that journey. So um, that's about my journey now, man. The school's grown a lot. I remember when we moved here, we had about 150 students. Now we have over 300 people training here um, on the mats. And that's, that's huge for now, especially with summer coming up. It's hot here. People are leaving, going out of town. But uh, it's it's staying consistent. Um, my fiance helps me out here at the front desk. She does a great job. I have great assistant coaches. And, you know, I guess the biggest thing for me with this location, with the school, is to um, give that same feeling to everybody that, that I had when I started jiu-jitsu. That, you know what, even if um, if you want it, it's here. You know, if you want to be a Gracie Baja school owner, if you want to be able to teach jiu-jitsu and you feel like this is something that's a, a calling for you to help better the lives of other people in the community. I mean, it's here for you. And everybody's here wants to be a part of your journey to help you do that, to, to have a greater impact. I mean, that's my goal for this place, man. So, um, you know, it's just now about being a mirror of those great people that helped influence me. Yeah, man. Talk about surrounding yourself with right people. I mean, you, you learned from Flavio, you mentioned master Carlos Gracie Jr. Even professor may who <clears throat> funny story. It was like the first, probably the first class, that I joined and May was like one of the first people I met. And for those of you that don't know her, she's she's pretty small. She's probably like five feet, if that, right? And man, she whooped my ass. <laughs> I remember right. she flipped me, you know, she's, I probably had a hundred pounds on her at the time. And that was my first awakening. Like, wow, this is something I want to learn to do. If someone that small could beat me up like that. And also not only, you know, beat me up, but then taught me the why. And I think that's, thing that you you guys at Gracie Baja do amazing is it truly is an environment where it's jujitsu for everyone and you really try to teach I mean and you especially right I want to give you your props because you do a great job as a professor and just really gauging the the class right where you know we're part of the morning crew and have a lot of experienced people that train it's kind of been the same squad of dudes for a while now but even like today we had a few white belts and you kind of scale back a little bit or you know if it's just few of us higher belts you're going to really train us hard so you know there really is no there's a set kind of foundation we follow but it really is an open environment for everyone so surrounding yourself with those people is huge man so just talk to us about some of the lessons you've learned from some of the greats of the sport like Flavio and Master Carlos Gracie and how they kind of shaped your your journey I think well based like from what you said man I think the biggest thing is to remember that you're not bigger than the group you know, I think the humble attitude that comes with great leaders is really what sets them apart. You can see a lot of great leaders all over the place that'll kind of point the finger and say, like, this is what I need you to do, this and that, which to a certain extent you have to, you know, a good leader will, will tell you where you need to be and when. But at the same time, to see Master Carlos, who is close to 70, you know, on the mats, hanging out, talking to me about, you know, the 90s or whatever you know it's it's huge and, and to see the example that flavio sets i mean that guy got his black belt the year i was born and he still beats me up all the time mm. you know and and it's humbling but to know that he doesn't carry himself like a jerk you know he he's doesn't say hey i'm almost you know i'm 45 almost 45 years old and i'm beating up these 20 to 25 year old kids like you know he doesn't do that he just stays humble he studies the art he keeps drilling he works out harder than anybody and um that example what he does kind of sets that um 
that difference of why he's such a good leader. You know, he leads by example. I mean, even me now knowing all that, I don't know how to perfect my life in a way to implement it all, to, to do it to the extent that he does. And, uh, you know, I know he credits everything that he knows from, from Master Carlos Gracie Jr. and the example he set. So um, the biggest thing I think is that, you know, they're humble, they have integrity. When no one's looking, they, they still make a decision based on what they think is best for the group. And I think something else to go along with that. Sometimes you might think, you know, what's best for the group and it might go one way or another, but regardless, you take ownership for your decisions. You know, I think that's something awesome that I see from leaders here is like, if you make a mistake, we welcome mistakes, you know, it's a learning experience, but you have to take responsibility for your mistakes. I got a, actually a funny story. I was, uh, I talked about professor Meech a little bit, but we were roommates for a while and, uh, professor Meech didn't like to wait on me sometimes. So he would leave, um or uh we'd show up late it would just be kind of disastrous all the time and uh i was driving with him one time and we were running late and i got a call from marillo the head instructor before um myself and meach and he was like hey Fugio, uh where are you man i was like you know man i'm right down the road i'm coming he was like man you gotta get your ass here what are you doing i was like well i don't have a car man i'm i'm with meach what do you what do you want me to do he's like you get a bike you walk here, you do whatever you can to get here on time, be here 30 minutes early all the time. And I was like, man, this guy's so unfair. Like, I don't have a way to get here. And then, you know, I got there and he was like, uh, kind of chewing me out, but he was like, you know, Ryan, you can't let whatever situation someone else decides to do or, um, not to say it was wrong or right, but can't let whatever somebody else has on their schedule dictate what you're going to do. You know, if you have a responsibility, you can have whatever excuse in the world. It, it still is an excuse at the end of the day, you can take responsibility for uh, a shortcoming or, you know, you can prep with enough. um, I don't know. You can have enough preparation to be there on time and get what you need to be done, done. So, I think that's huge too. And I think that's a great life skill that a lot of people, especially nowadays don't have, you know, there's such a sense of an an entitlement and like something is owed to me rather than like, I need to take responsibility. And when I, you know, come short, that's that, that falls on me, regardless if, you know, um, something happens and I get a flat tire or, or whatever, you know, I take responsibility for it. And, you know, that just shows a lot more about your character. And um, I couldn't have that without jujitsu. You know, on the mat, you know how it is, right? And if you make a mistake, you can't blame anybody else for it. You know, you make a mistake, somebody takes your back and chokes you. That's how it is. And I think uh, there's a lot of life reflected in jujitsu. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, dude, 100%. And that's something, you know, I realized early on that I was honestly surprised about was, you know, because you think about combat sport, you think it's going to be aggression and everyone beating each other up and it's intimidating. You know, my first class, there's probably 30, 40 people on the mat and I don't know anyone, you know, and it's a hard environment to walk into. But then you meet all these sure. dudes who are can be killers on the mat, but they're so humble and so nice. And, you know, they'll smash you. Don't get me wrong. But then they'll tell you exactly what you did wrong or what you should avoid. And that's it's what out of really, love. Yeah, man, it's all out of love. And that's what really helped me kind of get into it is that I was like, wow, these people are so nice and just tell me and then it gets addicting, you know, but to that point, you're still, you got to show up every day. So like one saying, I always say that you taught me, man, and some days you're the hammer, some days you're the nail. And 
there's a lot of years being the nail before you even have moments that you're you're the hammer and that's why you got to be humble and you got to keep showing up and that's something i think that's you know i respect of anyone who trains is just the commitment showing up every day because you know it's easy to go for a month or two and just get that initial excitement but it's hard to, to keep going when you're climbing the ranks and you get the blue belts and you're fighting and you get confident and then you get smashed the next day so what what kind of keeps you motivated to keep going and how do you stay at a high level of training consistently man it, it's tough it's tough especially since like um i teach throughout the day it can be hard to kind of find some time to um fit training in but you know like i said just a second ago that's that's an excuse i just don't know how to find that perfect balance yet um what i like to make sure i do is i train every evening with the students um I think that's important for everyone to train with their professor. Um, I think something else that I like to do, but I need to be more consistent with is doing the, the competition classes that are that are here Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I was doing uh, Wednesday, Friday for a while. It fit really well for my schedule and um, I got a lot better from it. You know, I think what you have to do is understand that there's always more to learn. Like, you know, even if it comes down to the fundamentals, there are some fundamental things that I am not perfect at yet. And it'll take me a long time to be perfect at. And sometimes I can compensate that imperfection with another technique or a different setup or something to make it happen. But as far, far as being able to do things, one, two, three steps direct with the guy knowing what I want to do, like, I'm not, I'm not Hodger Gracie yet, you know, I'm not one of the best of all time by any means. And um, I think that brings me comfort, you know, to know that I'm still able to learn and that every new person that comes in the mat has something to offer. You know, I have a different body type than you. Um, there was, you know, we've trained with so many guys this morning that are all different sizes that had different advantages on each other, whether they knew how to use them or not. I mean, the, the, there is no limit, you know, there's an infinite amount of training partners. There's an infinite amount of different timings to find to perform a technique. And um, there's always a way to do a technique better if it means getting a better reaction or having a better setup or, you know, making grips a little bit better, whatever it is, there's always something there. And that's motivating. And like I said, with uh, Professor Flavio, you know, seeing him on the mat, um, Professor Flavio, Professor Dave, seeing them on the mat and training consistently and uh, going and doing, you know, hiking camelback or, or, or doing whatever it is, you know as well as like the role that we have of like running schools and everything. I mean, that, that shows that there's more to learn. You know, when you see somebody who has more experience than you in something and then they keep going in it, there's value there, you know, and sometimes you don't see that, but to know that somebody who's done this longer is still going at it. I mean, that's very motivating for me to know that there's so much I can get better and have training partners that smash me all the time. Guys, my size guys smaller than me, you know, knowing that they're beating me, not because they're stronger, but because like, they they have better timing they're better technically that's always something that's possible to be improved on it's not like you know i'm gonna have to be expected to lift the same amount as a guy who's 250 pounds but we can both do the same techniques and we can find ways to do them on each other and you know continue to improve using each other it's a very personal thing so um you know unless you think you're a perfect person you can always improve in jiu-jitsu yeah and there's so many life lessons i mean a lot of the stuff you just talked about you could apply it to almost anything and that's you know one thing i love about it is there's so many lessons to be had there and uh, you know we always end our class with kind of a little lesson usually and 
you know, it's, it can apply and it makes your, like, sometimes the hardest part of my day is that 7 a.m. session, you know, and you, you survive getting smashed by Big Chris and, you know, that little, you know, uh, hiccup in your day later isn't, isn't as hard to, to fight through. And, you know, I think so many people would benefit from just also exactly. feeling what it's like to resist someone at full strength because you never know when you'll be in a bad situation. And that's something that, you know, really stood out to me when I first competed where, you know, I was sparring, I was doing the comp classes, I was doing all that, I was getting smashed all the time. I was, yeah, I'm, this is no problem. I'll sign up for, uh, I think it was Jiu-Jitsu World League was my first one in Westworld. So talk about an eye-opening <laughs> first competition, you know, and, but you fight through that. And like you told me before my first competitions, you either win or you learn, right? There's always a lesson. And, you know, I lost my first match, but battled back. And that just gave me the confidence to win the next two. And then, you know, it was like I was on top of the world. And I think more people should experience that. So it's intimidating to get into. But what would you say to people that are, you know, kind of on the fence, scared to get into that first class? Or, you know, what what are some things you would suggest for the newbie? Well, a couple of things. Like for anybody who's scared to come in the door, I've never felt like a more welcoming environment than in the school. And I don't say that as like a bias because I'm the head instructor at the school or anything like that. I say that because I gave up all my family members and well, I didn't give them up. I love my family, but I, I left all my family in Illinois, all my friends I ever knew. I moved away from everything I ever grew up around out of trust in this team, you know, and, and a, a, a hope that I would be taken care of and guided. And it was true. And, you know, Anybody who comes in to Gracie Baja, it, 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 any school, should expect that same experience to have a helping hand, to, to feel guided and to feel like you can trust the people. If you don't go into anything, if you don't, if you go in anywhere and you feel like you can't trust the person, you're not going to go there. If you go to the bank and you don't trust the guy behind the counter, you're not going to bank there. If you don't, if you go to, oh, I don't know, anywhere where somebody's being shady, man, or you don't feel like they're invested in you. I mean, how long does that last? There's something great that I, I learned was we're not in a jiu-jitsu business. We're in a relationship business. And once we have the trust, jiu-jitsu can be taught very well. Um, but you need that. You need that. And I think the best way to come in is not to expect to jump on the mat and do an armbar the first day. Come in, have a conversation, ask your questions, get your concerns out so you can find comfort. You know, and once you have that and we're on the same page as far as what your goals are, we've got a relationship built and we can help practice things to, to, to build your confidence, to, you know, give you the skills you need that if you leave class and, you know, God forbid somebody attacks you in the parking lot, that you'll be able to protect yourself, you know, and, and you'll be able to be confident, be who you are and not feel like you have to um, be ashamed or shy. You know, I think that's the 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 value in it and it's hard to see from the outside so you know whether it's here or another great spot wherever go in and have a conversation and, and voice your concerns voice your goals and um see how invested the person is in helping you reach that i think that's a great indicator if you're at the right place or not and um you know always always know that you're not like the only one also you know there's mm -hmm. people that come in all the time to do their first class you know there's people in my family but you know that i have to bug all the time to to try a class i still haven't you know i think um you know somebody has to kind of want it themselves but i think when you want to like learn something about yourself and you know there's a deeper meaning than just wanting to do an arm bar is when you're really going to fall in love with jujitsu you know you can learn an arm bar at a lot of places but to find mm -hmm. a place that's a family and a place where people trust each other i mean it makes that arm bar it makes that guard pass and everything else such 
so much more meaningful. You know, it's it's the people you're on the journey with, right? It's not like the destination itself. So if you're scared, go ask your questions. If you're nervous, you know, ask to be paired up. Well, actually, you wouldn't have to expect to be paired up with um, a higher belt that's going to take care of you. It's going to show you the ropes, especially in like these GB1 classes. No one is here thinking they're going to earn medals at the end of the night or go home with a trophy. Everybody is here, especially if higher belts show up. They are genuinely here to, like I said, get better at the fundamentals and help you learn them. Because one thing I've learned is through teaching, I've learned so much more about jujitsu. You know, if you can explain it, man you you really know it so come into a class and and kind of you know see how it is but just walking in the door that's all you got to yep, do just step right and i would totally agree with you and grace about is kind of all i really know honestly but i've had plenty of friends who train jiu-jitsu i've had friends from gracie that went to other schools and they all echo the same thing that there's no kind of welcoming environment like Gracie because some schools you do go to and you will get smashed and they're trying to beat you up and they want to scare you away and they want to be the tough guy but you know I've seen countless white belts enter the school and never fails every time you're always with the higher belt you're getting paired up and if you're apprehensive you know just first thing showing up but bring a friend you know there's nothing better than training with your buddies and, and getting better and and growing together and we see that a lot the people that kind of bring friends tend to stay um, and be consistent. So I would definitely echo that. I believe you guys do a free intro class, correct? So anyone could just walk in. So you could try it, no cost, just see if you like it, get paired up. Um, you know, if you, if you know me and you're listening to this, and I've been trying to get a lot of my patients in there too, uh, once they're healthy. And just like they trust me as a provider, I trust you, man, as my teacher. And so I can't thank you enough for all the stuff you've taught me over the last two years. And you know, I'm excited to, to see, I think Saturday is going to be your first black belts that are you know tutelage under you huh yeah man it's gonna be okay. a huge event i'm pretty nervous about it but it'll be uh it'll be good professor flavio is here with me i'm not high enough ranked to do the promotion myself but this is the first generation of guys that started as white belts when i moved here as a purple belt that worked their way up to, to black belt man it's pretty huge yeah it's awesome man and it's a testament to you and you know the way you handle yourself and the way you teach us and you know, I learn something new every class. And just when I think I'm good at a technique, you'll show me something else or you'll show me why I'm doing it wrong. So you know, that's life. There's always something to be learned, always a lesson. So Ryan, where could we find out more about Gracie Baja? Plug the socials, plug your own social. Uh, if someone wants to, to learn more about where to get started, where can they look? Yeah, so you can um, find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Google. Just look up Gracie Baja Arcadia on Instagram. Our handle is at GBArcadia72. Uh, so check us out there. We have our schedule, all our promotions going on. Right now we have women's only classes, really trying to empower the women in our community. So that's an awesome thing going on right now, too. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, I'll give you our phone number, too. One second. Our number is 602-502-9300. So if you guys are interested out there and you'd like to do an introductory class, just give us a call at 602-502-9300. And uh, we'd love to get you scheduled. And um, like I said, check out social media, see what our schedule looks like, see where we could get you uh, fit in. And uh, we'd love to continue to build the community here. So just reach out. Yeah, awesome, man. So give it a try, folks. Um, you know, it's never too late. You know, I wanted to do it when I was a teenager and life didn't work like that, but I started at 28 and you know, I'm, I'm glad I got started. And we have students coming in in their 50s, 60s, even 70s sometimes. 70s. So it's never too yeah. late. 
so get started. Reach out to these guys. They're they're awesome. They're the best school in Arizona for sure. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate the time, man. Um, and I'll see you uh, Saturday for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you for everyone listening. I really appreciate everybody's time. All right. Check them out. Thanks, guys.